Well, Brent is gay, and Kaylin's gay, and Clark is gay, yeah. and Ryan's gay, yes. and Adam's gay. It's, it's Homo Superior. Issue 133. And I'm Kaylin. I'm Ryan. And I'm Britt Wingate. Um, we're, we've got a special statement about uh, our podcast and the coronavirus because there have been a lot of podcasts that have stopped uh, producing and uh, performing or they've had to shift their format a little bit in order to still make content. Uh, we have all been recording in the same studio, a.k.a. my dining room. Mm. And uh, we have done this still because... We are the only people we have been hanging out with, mm. and we thought that DC has been doing a pretty good job of mitigating the spread of the disease, and we've been doing it. Washington, o- D.C., not D.C. Comics. Sorry. Yeah, not D.C. <laughs> Comics. They've been executing artists and changing their production line. They've been actively. We'll, we'll say that for the newsflash. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and um, so we kind of made a uh, an agreement that basically we would be the only people that we're hanging out with to try and limit the spread. But as this progressive, uh, this disease progresses, we've decided that we will be after this episode, suspending our production until we can get an equipment upgrade in order to allow us to produce remotely. So in the coming weeks, we might not be producing regular episodes. We will still be trying to produce content on Instagram and Twitter and elsewhere. Uh, So, be on the lookout for that, but uh, don't forget us once the coronavirus is done, because <laughs> uh, we will be back and we will be uh, proud. Yes, and better than ever. No, 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 no. Worse than ever. No, n- same as ever. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a guarantee. Yeah. So uh, it's now week three of uh, basically being on lockdown. Um, are you guys... Lockdown's not the right term. Oh, yeah. Look, yeah I'm just, <laughs> Did no, you see spinning. the reductress headline? What? Which was, um, <laughs> it's basically like being in prison. Said girl on computer eating yogurt with <laughs> voting rights. <laughs> it's so true. That's very true. Uh, but how are you guys like, you know, keeping your wits about you, your sanity, not getting cabin fever? My my descent into Animal Crossing has uh, been. We're in week four, uh, three. I forgot. I lost count. I'm on day twenty, as you can see by the yeah. scratch marks on my chalkboard. Yeah. Uh, so the funny thing is, is Ryan Crow is talking about Animal Crossing. He doesn't have a Nintendo Switch. He just has <laughs> a bunch of animals in his apartment. I'm just picking weeds, picking sticks up. But what if I breed this rabbit and this raccoon? Yeah. It's Animal Crossing. I keep decorating the outside, and I keep telling people to rate it. I'm like, well, well how many stars would you give this? And they're like. What are you talking about? He's it's talking awful. he's talking to a plant in the corner about getting a loan. <laughs> it's uh it's tough. So uh for a while I was just seeing human beings in those sort of blockier sort of cartoon shapes um and just animals walking around. Um to be fair that is what you look like. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I think like a raccoon. Uh but yeah, I've been doing that and then just basically binging the Simpsons. I've been going through all of the Simpsons. We're on season seven right now. Oh, I love season seven. Yeah. Season seven is one of my favorites. And a movie, yeah. It's uh, fun. Yeah. Uh, do, are there any habits you have that try and help you maintain normalcy? Um. Uh, oh, oh, you have to get up in the morning. You have to do your routine. So my routine is get up, make a batch of coffee, drink my coffee, and then do nothing all day, and then go to sleep, <laughs> and then kill, want to kill myself. It's a classic routine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and that was set pre-coronavirus. <laughs> uh, I think for me, uh, one of the important routines is doing stuff like with my husband. We actually have something like a date night 
um, where we specifically set a time aside so it doesn't just generally blend into day-to-day yeah. activities. You have to. So I, what we stop at five o'clock, um, me and my boyfriend, uh, and we make sure. Oh, not as good as a husband. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I'll be the judge of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, but we stop and we like make sure our content and our mindset changes a little bit, so we actually like engage a little bit more. And I just got off of whole thirty, so like being able to treat myself by having like a fun meal is really nice. Enough. Sometimes you have cashews, and who uh, knows what, what you get really good. <laughs> I had a pizza yesterday. It oh, was fucking phenomenal! I'm, where did you get the pizza from? Local um, or chain? Red Rocks. Red Rocks is good. Pizza. Oh, Red it's, Rocks it's is good. yummy. Yeah, he yeah. got a whole calzone. I got a whole pizza. We eat the whole fucking thing was that your first post uh, uh whole 30 meal oh, we also had thai food which wasn't good shout really? out not to the local thai place to us i won't oh, say their name but okay. like fuck that oh no and it tasted like shit oh that's awful that sucks taste buds change i don't know but yeah. it's just okay it is definitely getting harder um but i also think that uh video calls i'm actually much better just being on the phone talking to people because that's how i talk to frankie most of the time yeah Video calls are a little bit different for me, and making sure you set regular video calls with friends yes. actually does help a lot. I actually, um, Clark update, I actually watched Who Framed Roger Rabbit last night with him. Oh, nice. He's doing well. His internet is very spotty at yeah. his parents' place. So he's doing, he's going crazy, basically. Uh, I talked to Clark uh, on Sunday. We had our graphic novel brunch club where we talked about The Wicked and the Divine. And he hadn't read it in a while, but it was me and a few of other uh, of our other friends. And it actually ended up being a really good little get together. So like we use Zoom to like connect with each other. And then a bunch of us ended up playing video games for a bunch of hours. So I popped in and just played Animal Crossing. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, one other thing I did do was watch Onward, uh, the new Pixar movie set in current times, mm-hmm. but in a medieval history yes what's elsa up to this time um she wow. she did not let it go <laughs> <laughs> um the the movie is i think a very enjoyable fun movie uh, i don't want to spoil anything for people it is a little bit uh by the book for pixar mm. which can still get a rise in emotion out of a person correct um <clears throat> but there tristan said he didn't like how the movie felt like it was 2019. Like all the humor in it is not going to age very well. Yeah. Um, that in two years you're going to look back and think like, oh, they're they're being cheeky about something that happened several years ago, but that's not really It's, it's funny. the Shrek problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why it's hard to go back and watch even the first two Shrek movies, which were the best ones, because it was they were very. It's so tough to go back and watch all the good yeah. Shrek moments, uh, but it's it's like because like they were very topical at the time, yeah, right, and like it's not timeless. It's true. So. But so okay, well that's weird then, because like there are so many Simpsons references and great Simpsons jokes that are very dated and also timeless. I just watched uh, Homer. Joins Halapalooza and he becomes love that best friends with the pumpkins, the Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that one doesn't really hold I love up. It. Uh, hi, Billy Corgan, Smashing Pumpkins. Homer Simpson smiling politely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess some of the jokes are still funny, but the the '90s cool kid references are weird. Well, I I actually view that episode. I actually rewatched that one recently too. And when Homer goes in the record store and says like I like I don't this used to be Good Vibrations Records and now it's like yeah. Moody Tunes or whatever it's called. And it's like Nine Inch Nails, Red Hot Chili Peppers, all that. So that episode came out in '96. 
That's 24 years ago. And Homer is referencing stuff that happened in the early 70s when he was a kid oh, at that yeah. time. So more time has passed between that episode and now than when Homer is reminiscing to 96. That's creepy. And yeah. it's, it reminds me, you guys have seen the movie Clueless, right? Yeah. Of course. Uh, so Breckenmeyer is in it and he makes a comment uh, at, in class and he's like, oh, my kids are going to hassle me about Nine Inch Nails the same way I hassle my mom about the Rolling Stones, so I should be nicer to her. And it's like, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah his kids are going to hassle him about, about Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails. Homer, Homer's references of like, I don't I don't even understand this music and it's making me mad. Did you know that? Constantly and it's where I am. Did right you know that 1996 life. is closer to the T-Rex than <laughs> we are to 1996? <laughs> no, the band T-Rex from the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I would recommend Onward. Uh, I, I, maybe later we can review it like more technically, but yeah, I think it's I think it's a great date night movie. Yeah, oh, okay. it's perfect. It's it's, it's much needed now. I'm glad they released it on Disney Plus. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I uh, to get through my madness, I watched Tiger King, which made me even crazier. Wow. We Tiger. are actually turning into a Tiger King podcast after this because there's so much content to unveil, un yeah. like unearth. They barely go into that fucking cult. I know. They're like, oh yeah, we do have young girls and we change their names and they live here forever. And then if if they disappear, we don't. And hear we from all them. we gave anyway. them all weird semi Indian. Oh. That you. Oh, you I was triggered. You might have made them up names. Yeah. yeah. She used to be known as Jessica, and now she's like. Cocamungo yeah. or something. Coca yeah. Coca yeah. And you're like, that is not right. What? Uh, town in California. My name is Bhagavan, <laughs> and he says it very confidently. I'm like, okay, I wonder if he like had weird hippie parents or something. And he's nope. like, nope, it means Lord or one who is closest to God. Correct. Yeah. You're like, uh, uh, well, so look, we assume every one of our listeners has seen all of Tiger King. I am not holding back These spoilers. Are just spoilers. <laughs> They're not. What did you think, Kalen? So... It's very, very intriguing, and <laughs> it 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 yeah. follows um, an early aughts or maybe late aughts like prestige drama with an antihero. Clearly, uh, Joe Exotic is that antihero. Like he's incredibly flamboyant. He has like a very checkered past and a checkered present. He's gay and has a, maybe a polygamous relationship. Um, oh, definitely. Um, but and then everybody. Yeah, he got married to two people. Yeah, I mean, spoiler. Yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> yeah, um, but you kind of root for him, or people. Some people have root for him because all the people he's sort of uh, uh, antagonizing uh, throughout the seven episode series is they're ostensibly worse. Uh, and then there's a lot of hatred for Carol Baskin, <laughs> uh, who God. is like the I animal rights actor. They were saying baskets for so many. Ba times. I know, yeah, right? Baskins. Uh, yeah, Baskin. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Closed captioning helps, so you can like <laughs> figure out what their names exactly are. Um, so that's, uh, you know, there's a lot of hatred for Carol Baskin, which reminded me of a lot of hatred for characters like uh, Carmela Soprano or Skyler in Breaking or, or Bad. Or Hillary Clinton. Or Hillary Clinton, you know, you know. Who the ultimate definitely Fetuar. murdered that intern. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it just, it, it feels like, uh, it feels like a prestige drama in documentary drag. Mm -hmm. uh, and I really like it. One of the things I didn't like about it, uh, I don't know if you guys know, is the uh, person who has their arm uh, chopped off by the tiger yeah. uh, is presented as a lesbian in the uh, in in the documentary, but is actually a trans man, and they completely erased his. Really? I, that was so weird because there is a 
there's a scene where the news is reporting a man has been attacked and they're talking about a man being down. But the way that the documentary presented it, like I didn't catch it until going back and rewatching it. It was a very jarring way of them kind of referring to her as her rather than him. Yeah. It just it felt like an erasure of like the pronoun that he preferred. Can I ask? I mean, an unrelated but relevant question. When you first saw him, did you notice that he was missing an arm, or did it take them telling you he lost an arm? Every the latter. Yeah. Every one of those confessional looks, I you. You just wanted to stay on a little bit longer. I mean, obviously, we have the shirtless guy. We have the armless uh, guy. Like, they, there's so many different. The guy who only wears sunglasses. Uh, the, that tall. The, one with the, the uh, guy with the, who hasn't. He, oh, there's he has the guy the, with the leg the problem. Legs, yeah. Yeah. He, I love that he's like. He's, he, the, he's like the most normal one, too. No. No, no, no. no. The, we, we could talk his about His political, like. <laughs> Uh, his campaign manager. His campaign manager. Oh, uh, I'm balance. a libertarian, so technically, uh, fuck the feds. <laughs> it has it's been like Brent. Brent has an idol to look uh, up to. I, but he got him from a Walmart. He's a Walmart gun clerk. Yeah. Um, it's. Uh, he was the only one that you sort of rooted for because he was like, "This was the worst experience I've ever experienced in my life." I think the other, the only other kind of sane person was the. The, the the that director the TV show director he was actually I thought a little bit nuts yeah, yeah but the was. girl who was into yoga who ended up getting the breast implants oh yes, yes I yes, thought yes, she yes. came off relatively normal but she was also embedded in that life but for she like got out of that cold like yeah. thirteen yeah. years or just something. watch this there's so many fucking layers it's Did every you- documentary series has one of these elements. This documentary series has all of these elements. It's unrelenting. Yeah, it is. Did you feel like, oh, this is normal? I've I've lived in Florida. Like I feel like uh, I know all of these characters, but I don't. I obviously don't know any of them, but I know them. There's a tragedy with some alligators. I won't go into it because it brings up too many tears. But <laughs> it uh, it did feel like Florida. Would it they, felt they, like would right they be uh, crocodile tears or? Oh, oh bitch. my god. This is the alligators and crocodiles are very different. I know. Let's got, move on. Okay. You've hurt me. Different shaped nose, teeth structure. I got it. Burn easier in fire. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> one watch the Tiger King. Oh yeah, watch it for sure. Uh, do I the one thing that does bother me is I do think the Carol Baskin problem is very prevalent because they kind of equalized her. Like she's equally bad as the rest of them, or yeah. equally nuts. They, they play like the Wicked Witch of the West music, music. when dun, she was dun, on dun, her dun, bike. Dun, 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 dun. But it was always in slow mo. Did you ever notice whenever she appears, she's coming in slow mo? That's a documentary trope. Though. But just her, just her. He uh, he was someone was feeding the animals pretty slowly at some point too. Yeah, I have to go back and and watch that, but. Maybe. Well, we got time. Let's because I do yeah. often remember them having like voiceover yeah. stuff while it was just shots of her, and when it's just shots of her smiling, she's got very big eyes. Which, if she's just smiling and staring at the camera, she looks crazy. And someone's saying, "Yeah, she's crazy, and she keeps cats in four inch cages." And you're like, "Oh, okay. I think she's nuts." Yeah. But, but they did misreport, or they didn't fill in the audience a lot on the actual size of those, uh, there of her rescue. Maybe she murdered her husband. 
Um, yeah. I'm, I'm still undecided they, on it, but I also don't know any of the facts of it. It does seem pretty sensationalist. Yeah, I mean, with every uh, documentary, they're always an unreliable narrator, right? Like, you're seeing one point of view, and I don't know. I just felt like she kind of got... Like, I, I remember being like, oh, she's much worse than Joe Exotic. And then I, afterwards, I was like, wait, is that my own internal misogyny that's, like, popping up? Or and just I need the to... editing that they're doing to and you. And the editing, They really yeah. take you on a roller coaster yeah. with all these characters. Right. Except the cult leader, he's comes out like a gem. The fuck! Oh, yeah. that dude sucked. Yeah, I yeah. did not. I did not like him, and I also, I, I was not a big fan of Joe from the beginning. Uh, I, I, I understand why people are charmed by it, but I don't like it. Jeff was probably the worst, though. Which one was Jeff? Jeff was the one who allegedly framed Joe. Oh yeah, that guy is definitely a d bag. Yeah, his, and his later kind of exculpatory statements, uh, he's like, yeah. "Well, it's just business." And you're like, "Dude, there's a recording of you." Basically saying the exact opposite in order to yes. what appears to be trick someone. I don't. Oh, is it illegal to record someone without their knowledge to incriminate them? And you're like, yeah. Yeah. Like, He's it... like, oh, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> that's how I do well, business. I, do I mean, it. am I a monster? <laughs> am I like, like, but you've probably done many more worse things. Probably. Ugh. Maybe you murdered Carol's husband. Okay, so we brought up a lot of issues, but this is barely half of the stuff that comes up. There's so many things. Yeah, so watch it. Watch it. Watch it. It's got more twists and turns than your average comic book. So, breaking news, and it's not that breaking, really. It's just uh, there's not going to be news on our Zoom. What? Uh, what were you saying? What did you say? I said we're getting some news via our Zoom. Our which Zoom? is the only way we receive news now. Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. <laughs> God. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Well, well uh, the major publishers are not releasing comics for the time being right now. There was some back and forth because Diamond has shut down. Diamond, which is the distributor of comics to local comic stores, uh, basically shut down and is not distributing comics. DC uh, thought about getting around it by using other distributors and releasing stuff digitally. Marvel thought about it too. And then early this week, they just made a decision not to do that. So uh, it'll be interesting to see when we get new comics again, but we didn't get any this week, uh, and I don't think we're going to get any next week. Is there is, <laughs> is Diamond the like the distributor of comics? It is, yeah. So they allege they basically have a monopoly for like local comics, and it's I there's a, a convoluted reason of why that happened, and it's been it's been problematic. But uh, even if Diamond didn't have a monopoly right now if there were other competitors for distribution channels i think they'd be facing the same thing because it's not like some other company would be distributing comics right now to stores that are non-essential businesses and that would be shut down um have have any of the major comic producers talked about possibly maintaining the payroll for different writers and artists so that they continue producing the material on the schedule they produce it yeah but then basically they actually have it fucking ready in time as opposed to the <laughs> delayed, l- yeah. drawn-out schedules where everything is off. M- yeah. yeah. Uh, DC did put out a statement, and I don't know if it's still valid right now, of saying we're still paying our freelancers, we're still paying our staff, our editors, so on and so forth. And so um, I think for the time being they will, but like every other business that's not receiving revenue right now, they're probably going to have to make some tough decisions. Yeah. You know, and I think what you'll end up seeing is 
uh, creators who create their own content, uh, stuff that they own, they're going to find ways to distribute it themselves yeah. uh, digitally. And then there'll be some way of like paying them like through Venmo, PayPal, whatever. Or Patreon or something like that. Something like that. Um, so that they uh, that they can still make a living for what they do because they are artists. And right now, you know, their art isn't getting out. You know what I was thinking about? Um, this is very sad because I think we would kill for some new content right now, especially yeah. some comics would be really great. Um, I was thinking the those special artists that take forever to do. Yeah. <laughs> like I was like hoping one of them would just suddenly get like a new book or something like that. Like a John uh, Cassidy. A new, oh, we've got a whole new baby teeth. Yeah. Like, Thank <laughs> fucking God. <laughs> like he, yeah. he can actually produce like a lot of content now and like actually get it done in time so we can get content when it comes out. So the silver lining for all this is there's so much content out there. Um, if you have Comixology Unlimited, Marvel Unlimited, DC Universe. Now is a great time to get those. Uh, mm. To mine all that back issue stuff, you know, stuff that you've been putting off. I have, you know, not even digitally, but like in like analog form, I have like like stacks and stacks of graphic novels that I would just buy and I never got around to reading. So this is a really great time to like kind of go back and, and do that. So... Here at Hope and Superior, uh, since we started off as an X-Men, gay X-Men podcast, um, we wanted to go back and reread some, uh, or in some cases, uh, read for the first time uh, some of the original X-Men run. First, we were going to try like the Stan Lee, Jack Kirby stuff from the 60s. We tried it. It ain't good. <laughs> I hate to say that about Lee and Kirby, but some like great ideas. Yeah, Tough but the, to read sometimes. the early X-Men stuff from the 60s is just really it's a slog. So we decided to start with the uh, all-new, all-different era in 1975, starting with Giant Size X-Men number one, and then reading uh, the first eight or so issues, uh, issues 94 to 101, uh, which is when Chris Claremont came on, Dave Cockrum was the artist, uh, you had the all-new, all-different team, and it was uh, right at the beginning of the birth of Phoenix, Jean Grey ostensibly turning into the Phoenix, and I think for Brent, it was the first time you've actually read this. This so, is, uh, well, when was Days of Future Past? That was after this, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But this is yep. the run that's leading up to Days I, of Future Past. I, I'm trying to think about what is the oldest comic series I've read in the X-Men, and this has to be that. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was interesting because, you know, I we heard of, I heard of Krakoa, um, when we started reading whatever weird series and he came back and turns out was like best friends with Quentin choir or they had some weird relationship. Yeah. And you guys were trying to explain to me what Krakow was. Yeah. And to actually see was this was Krakow's origin story. Yeah. Um, and then that for that to kind of very seamlessly blend into all of the uncanny storyline stuff. Yeah. was very nice. Um, I think I, I chose some select panels from this mm -hmm. to try and highlight some of the weirdness because I didn't I thought it would be a lot worse I thought it'd be more stilted but really strongly in its favor are things like there's a lot of introspection yeah and there's time that panels take for people to emote which was very nice mm -hmm. because you felt like oh I actually like Scott a lot more because I can see him be emotional be deliberative like when I'm running a team if I fuck up, who does that reflect on? You know, I may have saved millions of people, but I am responsible for one person's death. Right. Or for him to be worried about Gene and just to have a single panel where he's like sobbing. I thought really great. 
Another great thing was the fact that they've seeded so many storylines that I know are coming later. Yeah. And those storylines have consequences for current stories. The fact that Xavier is getting these telepathic uh, missives uh, from deep space and he's got these binary stars or whatever on his mind and that it's actually sapping his energy and it makes him harder to do to help Gene recover faster. Mm-hmm. I think, oh, that's really good story building. It makes it feel like even if this is soap operatic, you're trying to build a complex story. Yeah. Some things I didn't love. <laughs> there are, it really seems like there is a narrative style that is very different than today because sure. the narrative style yes, yeah. is more like a book. It says, so-and-so character did something and then lets people speak. And then the narrative comes back and kind of reflects on those decisions. So one of my favorite ones was after um, Thunderbird dies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Spoilers, by the way, from 1975. Yeah. (laughs) Well, he'll be back. Don't worry. (laughs) Uh, As this loves to point out maybe four times, it's really hard to kill the (laughs) X-Men. So Cyclops is wandering around a forest and he's kind of in mourning. And he's like posted up against a tree and the narration says, and try as you might, you can't balance those scales in your mind or in your heart. Can you Cyclops? And then Cyclops says, no. And then what? And then the narration goes, can you? And Cyclops is like, no. And then the narration's like, can you? And Cyclops then destroys a fucking forest. But the funniest thing to me was that it was like the narration was just egging him on. In a completely unnecessary yeah, way. Yeah, the narrator is like the <laughs> evilest person in this. Absolutely. <laughs> um, the funny thing about, like, I, I get it. Like, it's it's a very dated storytelling style. Uh, and it's sometimes harder to read older books that way. Even if, you know, for me, I read them a long time ago and I didn't mind it so much when I was younger. Now, because comics uh, have become so much more sophisticated in the way that they use dialogue, they use captions, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it just makes it, you know, just... A little bit tougher to read, but I'm also remembering, you know, years ago when we first started this podcast, we did a special extra episode of Miracle Man. Yeah. And you, I love it too, but Brent, you were like the biggest advocate and like the others just couldn't get past Alan Moore's purple prose. Yeah. Uh, And it's so, you know, Alan Moore was like a quantum leap from like Claremont and, and others and the way that he told stories and the way that he did dialogue, but it was still... 80s dialogue and 80s narration. I think there's a difference here that I actually kind of got. Once you got used to it, it's okay. Yeah. Which is that it creates a new level of comedy. Um, uh-huh. So Polaris is um, in her little cabin in Rio Diablo, mm-hmm. and someone knocks. I, th- I think she's getting her doctorate in geology. Is that what she's doing? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. He's not long. He's not wrong. Uh, yeah. It sounds she's like he made to, it up. She's going to school. Uh, and apparently Havoc is just dressing in all blue. Um, but she's like, she hears a knock on the door and she gets worried and she says, okay, play it cool. If there's trouble, your magnetic powers can handle it. Ooh. And then the narration's like, don't bet on that, Miss Dane. And she gets shot in the chest by uh, Eric the Red. Yeah. And I think that's very funny that yeah. the narration's like, suck a dick, dumb shit. Yeah. Uh, things aren't going to work out in your Yeah, opinion. this narrator's rude. Yeah. <laughs> Just 
So you've read these before, right? Ryan? Oh yeah, it was a, it was nice to go back to it. The art um, is of the time, but it just holds up so well. It I does. think I think it, I, I think you can see a lot of emotion in these characters, um, and characters look distinctly different. Some early, and sometimes they look distinctly crazy. I, as well. I think that there is the the art. Oh, sorry, going what you're saying about the art. No, oh. what were you saying? The art to me, there's something that's very interesting about how it's much more simplistic. The boxing structure is much more simplified. Yeah, yeah. and so there's a lot less happening in the background, and you lose atmosphere, uh, which I think is a great, more modern innovation. Yeah, but also the stylization of faces. And intensity, anything up close starts to look very weird because it's dependent on the quality of the artist. And I think minimalization is a little bit better than this kind of over cross-hatched face pattern. This so, era really used shading a lot too. Yes. So um, you really see some like deep shadows when maybe <laughs> unless you were under like a direct light, you wouldn't see like the weird curves in someone's face. Right. But I think it only helps the story and they really can like try to convey emotion. Um, it is weird. There are no backgrounds most of the time. I can see why that is a note that's confusing. So Dave Cockrum is the artist. Um, during this, the beginning part of this run, uh, and he was never my one of my favorite artists. I never like really just you know shined to his work, but he's a very good costume designer because he designed you know um, Nightcrawler and Storm for sure, um, and uh, I think he had a, a hand in Wolverine's costume as well. And like that stuff, like that, like to it's 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 yeah, it's it's forty some odd years old, but it still looks modern, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, it's a, a testament that like he was able to design stuff that looks, uh, streamlined and just, you know, still appealing to the eye, which is not easy for a lot of artists. There are a lot of artists who did not, were not able to, uh, to do a very good job of costume design. Yeah. But for you specifically, Brent, um, in a few issues, um, after this, after this run that we read for up to issue 101, um, an artist named John Byrne takes over. Mm-hmm. And he was the artist on the Dark Phoenix Saga and Days of Future Past. And he was like instantly like a superstar because of the way that he um, uh, framed his uh, the panels and just the way that he designed all the characters. Uh, John Byrne is a shitty human being, but he was a phenomenal artist at the time. <laughs> uh, uh, and so like the art just like takes, for me at least, like, like a quantum leap. Like it just gets better and better. I agree, and 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 I think that's one of the reasons why the X Men books ended up becoming so popular is because they had really talented artists like uh, next to Chris Claremont who was building a soap opera story that lasted years, decades. Um, I I love in the I think it's Giant Size X Men one that it says literally like look at these new costumes they look great on us and you're like. Is that just you guys talking? It yeah. Was, yeah, it is interesting how they go from issue to issue because today they just kind of have more narrative preamble. Yeah. But in these, there seems to be a lot more of an effort to make characters remember stuff. And as a part of their remembering things, specific details come out and other ones are missed, yeah. which I kind of like a little bit more uh, because it makes everything feel more internal. I mean... Going back to like a 1975 context of like when these were coming out. So one X Men, you know, it was never the most popular of Marvel books in the 60s. Um, and in fact, it was basically discontinued 
and for a number of years was just they just did reprints from like issue like 66 or 68 to like issue 94 um like there was really no new content it was just being you know just reprints um the fact that uh marvel decided to like take a chance and create like a whole new team that was very international like you know a la like sort of like shades of star trek the original series right um and they came in like gangbusters and became so popular it just shows that like the concepts were always strong it's just the execution was always a little like lacking and the fact that like uh first len wine and then chris claremont uh, and the artists that he worked with were able to build something that like created real change in a uh in a major company held property yeah uh, over the span of several issues i mean gene becoming phoenix thunderbird dying in their first mission those Sunfire felt much Luke. more impactful yeah uh as a reader even though i know they come back in some capacity I'm thunderbird like, doesn't he's one of the few standouts that have not been famously resurrected he did have a brother warpath who was on warpath who was in Weapon oh X. that's who I'm and thinking. so he he has come into prominence now i wonder if he's on krakoa actually like the current day krakoa like old school thunderbird is he oh, right now i have no idea oh i don't know if anybody's that'd resurrected a, him yeah that'd be interesting well remember uh, the giant size nightcrawl that we read last week uh when they were in the mansion mm-hmm. and they're seeing phantoms uh yeah. they see they see and lady mastermind's the one doing they, it so they it, old school thunderbird, thunderbird. It's yeah the first one they see yeah. yeah um so going back to the context question yeah um we get a small feature of stanley and jack kirby yeah uh stanley is uh trying to look like a hugh hefner type yeah um mm-hmm. And uh, Jack Kirby looks like a grease ball. Um, yeah. One of the things that they they joke about is that um, <clears throat> Gene and Scott are kissing. And Stan Lee says, Jack, you know, these young kids, they got no respect. Is there at the time when people were reading this, did they feel like the fan? Did the fans feel like this was too much of a departure in many ways? Like, was this well received? Um, like, or is that just a lighthearted jab? Um, I think it's a lighthearted jab one. And I think, uh, Marvel used to do that a lot. DC did it a little bit too. They would, you know, sort of break the fourth wall by having the sort of editors, writers, creators, like show up in the book to like point out like, Hey, isn't that crazy? Um, but, um, if there were anybody, people who didn't like this class of X-Men, they were dwarfed by the people who loved this class I of see. X-Men. Okay. Uh, just because, like, in the 60s, like, you think about the most popular Marvel characters. Amazing Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, you know, to a certain degree, the Avengers, but especially Captain America. The X-Men were, like, way down on the pecking order. Uh, and it wasn't until, like, the 70s, especially the late 70s, where they started, like, ticking up in popularity. And in the 80s, it just shot, you know, out of a cannon. And then... By the time you get to the early '90s and like the cartoon, the animated series comes out on Fox, uh, Fox Kids, uh, like the X Men were just like a, a worldwide phenomenon, you know. Uh, it makes me think of like even like the beginning of Hickman's run with Don- with um, House of X and uh, Powers of Ten, is uh, while the X books weren't dormant, they were still being published. There were there was years, at least five or six years, where like they weren't very good. They weren't very popular. They were not a bestseller for for uh, Marvel, and Hickman turned it around in the same way that 
first Len Wein and then Chris Claremont did in the 70s. The last note I have is from the out-of-context gayest line I've read in a comic book. Yeah. Uh, Cyclops relies on Banshee all the time to save him from falling to his death. <laughs> um, and uh, They were always falling. Yeah. That was always like, the ma- we might die, we're falling. Oh, also, why isn't he called Psych anymore? Psych? I like that as a nickname for Cyclops. Psych? Yeah. Psych, uh, yeah. Uh, they, d- they just seem to not use it. Slim, uh, Slim is a, I, think, I like a Slim is a better like nickname for him. Uh, so, oh, yeah. So Cyclops gets caught and he says, you know, you took your time, Banshee. And then Banshee says, I, laddie, did you really think I'd let a fine broth of a boy such as yourself get splattered all over that cold, cold mountain? Wow. I'm wet thinking <laughs> about that. Doesn't that just sound hypersexual? Yes. Like Banshee is, Banshee is really bad at flirting, but he is very horny. So many things can be misconstrued in early comics, and I love it. I yeah. love to go back to old issues and just like read the crazy shit that they used to say. Absolutely. Does this cow used... look vaporized to you? <laughs> so that was recent. If we weren't reading it for you know this this podcast, uh, would you want to continue reading? This this run. Yes. It yeah. seem it holds up so well because they are introducing so many things. It truly is a soap opera that you wanna know what happens next. Yeah. All the characters feel different. The original team felt stale, and when you read them intermingling with this new, like international, very different group, the old characters seem more relevant again. Yeah. They seem like they can interact with it. Yeah. Seems really cool. And they would bring in some of the old characters, you know, uh, Every now and then, obviously, Skyclops stays. Jean comes back as Phoenix. She always shows up. Uh, Angel comes back a little bit later. Beast comes back a little bit later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they they just do a really nice job. And the thing I love, I remember this is an old interview with Chris Claremont. Uh, and it was, I think, right as he was leaving the X-Books. And he's like, look, you know, what you don't want is a sense of everything remaining static. X-Men in issue 100 should not look the same as they do in issue 200 as they as they shouldn't in issue 300 and yes. he didn't make it up to uh, uncanny number 300 uh he made it up to like uh 280 something or other and then he launched the you know adjectiveless x-men book with jim lee um but that he, is a terrible name adjectiveless x-men it's just called x-men uh, that makes a lot more sense yeah. um so he uh he showed a real evolution of these characters and you know, they're like the teams looked very, very different all the way through. Um, and the characters really, they evolved, uh, they changed, they became good, they became bad. Uh, friends became enemies, enemies became friends. Um, and it really laid the foundation for a lot of modern comics and a lot of modern pop culture. I mean, it's not really modern anymore, but like Buffy, the vampire slayer could not exist if not for, um, for this era of the X-Men. Yeah. I think most comics just in general would not be as popular because of this kickoff, honestly. Yeah. I, I, I'm definitely going to read further. I think that <clears throat> there's more care taken into the storylines. So even if I know Jean Grey is coming back as the Phoenix, I think that her sacrifice felt valuable. It felt like an emotional thing for a character to do. Yeah. I, I like this kind of stuff. I don't yeah. think people realize a lot of the Dark Phoenix stuff or just the Phoenix stuff in general is is very different than what people perceive it as. Like there's a lot different layers and stuff like that yeah. right. that I think 
most people have no concept of. And it's why I never like the idea of Phoenix or Dark Phoenix in the movies because mm-hmm. uh, whether it was uh, X-Men 3 or uh, d- the Dark Phoenix movie that came out last year, like they just there was no ability for it to build up to like this sort of cataclysmic event. Exactly. It just it was the event. Whereas like in the in a series or uh, in comics or even TV, you can build to it and you can show the sure. progression of like how she becomes more and more powerful, more and more crazy, uh, and why you know why things ended up being the way they did. Yeah. So. All right. Do, great take. do you guys want to do a little? All right. All right. All right. This might be stupid, but all right. This may be stupid. There's no but. But. Uh, <laughs> There is no but. <laughs> There's rumblings, ramblings, rumblings. Um, the internet's going crazy right now. We don't have anything to talk about because all production <laughs> has stopped on most Marvel projects. Yeah. But one of the rumors that has been spinning out of li- people going crazy at their homes has that <laughs> Disney Plus may be in talks with like Fox and some other animated animators like back in the day that created the X-Men animated series from 92. They might be releasing new episodes or completely rebooting it in the same style as X-Men 92. How do you feel about that? I think you can't continue on where they left off because that was just nonsense. But uh, (laughs) that last season was bad. It was all like one off stories that made no sense. It was no larger storyline. They they changed creators, they changed everything. So yeah, it it got a little uh, crazy. I I I think. For saying this is a continuation, which is what everyone's reporting on, is stupid. Yes. But uh, I think if they revamp it, not like the way they did X-Men Evolution and Wolverine in the X-Men, which were two series that they tried to make popular. Yeah. Um, that doesn't work either. So I think an updated version, again, we're here for and we're ready for. So if you, let's say you controlled all this. What, I do. What animated... How would you want X Men to be animated on Disney Plus? Like, like what storyline? Like Bob's Burgers. <laughs> I'm not opposed to that, uh, but like, what team? What storylines? Like, what would you want? I'd want. It's tough. It's tough because there's so many different generations now, and I think that iconic '92 team is what everyone uh, identifies as the X Men. Yeah. Even though Jubilee's on it, like I think all of that team is what people think of. But I would want to get away from that. I would even want to start with the original five. So base it off of some of... Whoa. Base it off the original five, and then at a faster pace, bring in the other ones. And then we can have a very different team almost every single week. Yeah. What about you? What about you, Kalen? Huh? What, you got got ideas? You're full of ideas. You're asking us all the questions. Why don't you answer one of the questions? Yeah. Answer the questions, Kalen. I'll answer my own question then. Uh, I would do it as the uh, the X Men that we know and love are all like teachers at like you know the Westchester School or, oh, or whatever so you want to call it. Of that, yeah. Um, or they're like they're well established, and you have a new class of X Men coming in, and you would introduce new characters. It wouldn't mm. be like Pixie or Rockslide or Anole oh. uh, Anal uh, or any of those, but like they end up having to. Uh, mentor a whole new class. Of I love that because that that actually like in X twenty three was created during X Men Evolution. Yeah, so that gives great paths for potentially being introduced in the comics as well. Exactly. I feel like we've got like like I actually would want to see Pixie and Rockslide and 
Armor, <clears throat> and uh, Glob Herman, characters who have had good representations at different parts, take those voices and have them be like the new team. And yeah. maybe there is some inclusion of the fact that, you know, there's got to be a training of the new people. There's got to be the, you know, the different features of like the X mansion. Kind I, of I like community. that. And they're almost like the second tier team. So like they're going on missions, but like the real X-Men have to come in and help them all the time. And they're, they're getting a little frustrated. Like if they're looking at this as more of like a Disney plus potentially like kid friendly show, I think that's a good option without yeah making it a kid's kitty show. Uh, another idea I just thought of right now is just oh. have it be set in either days of future past or another dystopia, like in the future <laughs> when the X-Men failed mm. and like, a new band of X-Men have to come together to like try to survive this sort of sentinel uh, hellscape. It is, it, it is riskier um, to play off of characters who aren't established and it makes it harder to write a voice for them. Yeah. But I think that why not? Why try and retread old ground? Exactly. We've seen enough versions of Wolverine, Cyclops, Storm, Jean Grey. Like we can do something else. Right. If, if it's a continuation, wouldn't it be cool to actually see a reboot of it? So it's like this team has moved on. You get the same intro, that amazing intro song. Yeah. All of those people are still around. Maybe we find out one or two are dead. Like something like that, but we follow a new team. Yeah. So it's like I'd the next that. generation of that. I would, I, would, I would eat that up. I would consume all of it. Start animating it now. There's no, no one else is fucking doing anything. Exactly. What yeah. else do you do with your time? Playing Animal Crossing? Yeah. Who does Watching that? Tiger King? <laughs> yeah, they can definitely be sh- shopping scripts. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> can we can we go back to what we were talking about last week? My company's March Madness TV bracket. Yeah. Is, it, is we, this going to bring us this? into madness with all these results? It will be absolutely infuriating. <laughs> <laughs> Lay it on. Oh, okay. oh my God. I'm so, ready to pound some of this table right here. So basically, they went through, the to remind our listeners, the way that you do it is you'd fill in all of the options for different TV shows, who are the winners from the first 64, so on and so forth. And then you also have the ability to rank all of the TV shows and say which TV show you think is number one through 64. And those are all entered and basically... The value of a show, there's a value for a show's likelihood to win based off of its rank. So in the first round, we had uh, something like Seinfeld versus the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air won. Wow. That's, um, I mean, Fresh Prince was really iconic for a lot of people growing up. Oh, no. I mean, Fresh Prince was a very fun show, but, like, try to go back and watch some of those episodes versus, like, Seinfeld, which I think holds up, yeah. Holds up, you know? I I also think the impact of Seinfeld is greater than the nostalgia of Fresh Prince. Agreed. Um, Scrubs versus Parks and Rec. Scrubs won. Fuck that. Whoever voted for that needs to die. Oh, you're going to get madder. Uh, It's very annoying. Um, so a pretty fair one, I think, was Atlanta versus Better Call Saul. Yeah, Better Call Saul won. Okay, okay. I mean, yeah, Better Call, I mean, they're both yeah. prestige shows. So, uh, The West Wing versus Stranger Things. Which one do you think won? West Wing. The West Stranger w- Things. Wow, The yeah. West Wing is iconic. It Ugh. is, but I'm actually okay with it. Like, can I 
go on my little well, yeah, I'll walk, I'll walk with you while you tell me this point. All right. So uh, <laughs> West Wing, I like I've seen every episode. I've seen every episode multiple times. I think it has done more damage to uh, as somebody who works in politics uh, to people who are left to center thinking of like this is how uh, politics should be versus people who are right of center didn't consume that. They learned from something else, and it's it. I think it, it created it's more stupid. of a. They, it created more so problems. Should have won, but which? Oh yeah, <laughs> which do you think is better, television? Because I think Stranger Things suffers greatly from the fact that it had a brilliant aesthetic concept and execution from season and one. the first great season, and then it just repeated itself for the next two seasons in a way that was enjoyable. It was an average show, but yeah. So that's a good, that's a good question because I think West Wing had its ups ups and downs. The first season was good. Season two was great. Season three was really good. Season four started suffering, and then that's when Aaron Sorkin left. And then like five was bad. Six got a little bit better, and seven was pretty good as it ended. So it, uh, you know, uh, I don't really I'm not mad about either either one of those winning. Okay. Um. So um, the big one of the big ones. The Wire versus The Simpsons. Mm. The Simpsons won. Okay. Okay. Which is okay. Fine. But those two should not have been going against each other. Agreed. Round one. Agreed. Um, Then things like uh, Friends, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Which would you pick? I I think Mr. Rogers. I think Friends is going to win, though. Friends won. Yeah. Friends won it. Oh, resounding. People still love it every day. Uh, We'll watch it. Here's a problematic one. Um, Succession versus Survivor. Succession should win. Survivor Survivor should win. I'm sorry. Survivor should win, but Succession won. That's annoying. I think the reason, if you'll notice something about him, it's the more recent show. That's it. That's what it is. It's the more recent show. But yeah, well, yeah, Simpsons still All right. going. So. Arrested Development versus Chappelle, Chappelle Show. I think Chappelle Show should win, but I like Arrested Development better. All right. Do you want me to keep going through these this side of the branches and just hear what we get to at the very end, and yeah. then go to the other side? Yeah. All right. All right. So then, Arrested Development. Oh, oh, the marvelous Miss Maisel versus Jeopardy. What? Which one? Which one do you think won? I hope Jeopardy. Please let it be Jeopardy. It was not Jeopardy. Wow. Okay. Next. I'm, that is makes me angry. Infuri- infuriating. Then, uh, marvelous Miss Maisel versus Arrested Development. Oh my God. Tell you- me. Arrested you... Development won. Okay, that's oh, good. Oh, thank Then God. Arrested Development went against Succession. Okay. Because Succession beat out Ozark, which obviously uh, it should have. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, Arrested Development beat Succession. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Um, we they're have... both the same show. <laughs> no, they're not. We won't get into this. Yeah, this. so there was uh, Veep versus Silicon Valley. Uh, Veep should win. Silicon Valley did. No. Well, no, you've got too many fucking bros at your yeah. office. Friends versus Curb Your Enthusiasm. Friends. Friends won. Kirby Enthusiasm won. <gasps> really? That's surprising. And I'm Kirby pleasant. Enthusiasm actually beat out Silicon Valley. Uh, yeah, it should. Yeah. Kirby Enthusiasm versus Arrested Development. Arrested won. Arrested won. Yeah, okay. Wow. People really love Arrested Development. All right, so Archer versus Simpsons. Simpsons won. Yeah. Better Call Saul versus Stranger Things. Stranger Things won. Wow. Wrong. <laughs> This is dumb. Stranger Things versus The Simpsons. Simpsons, please. Stranger Things won. I, I'm going to eat my own face. This is stupid. <laughs> right? Fresh Prince versus Scrubs. Fresh Prince won. Scrubs. Okay. South Park what? versus Orange is the New Black. I don't South care. South Park. South Park. And then Scrubs versus South Park. South Park, hopefully. Scrubs. So Scrubs, the best show. Scrubs versus Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Scrubs. <laughs> Oh my god! So it's Scrubs versus Arrested Development. Which one of those won? 
Arrested Development. Arrested Development. All right, so it was Arrested Development the best show? Yeah, according to the bracket. Well, we'll see. All right, this so is tough. Hard one. Breaking Bad versus SNL. Quick. Breaking SNL. Bad. A- SNL one. Okay. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that one. Uh, Downton Abbey versus Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I was mad about this one. Downton Abbey won. Downton Abbey won. But that's a shame. It's always Sunny Sunny should have won. Yeah. And it's always Sunny would have made fun of the fact that they definitely should have won. Um, uh, Versus Great British Bake Off, uh, Leftovers Lost, Um, Mad Men beat out Sopranos, Schitt's Creek beat out The Brady Bunch, Homeland beat out Big Little Lies, Game of Thrones beat 30 Rock. Um, There's a bunch of other ones that don't matter. Uh, The Office... You know, made it through. It beat out Sesame Street, The These Good are the Wife. the most lopsided fucking yeah. matchups ever. They, they don't even make any sense. It's, All right, here's yeah. here's annoying one. Sherlock versus Fleabag. Sherlock won. Sherlock won. Oh, my God. So you, so you are in office of mainly dudes. Is this right? So then Sherlock beat MASH, and then uh, Sherlock beat the X-Files, and then Sherlock went up against House of Cards. <laughs> Sherlock should beat House of Cards. But House of Cards beat The Office. What? And Modern Family. Uh, this is annoying. And I Love Lucy. I fucking hate House yeah, of Cards. Guess, guess what beat Mad Men? What? Game of Thrones. Okay. I mean, it's more iconic. And Saturday Night Live beat out uh, Game of Thrones. So at the end, Good. it's Saturday Night Live versus House of Cards. <laughs> guess, Are you kidding me? Guess which one won. House of Cards. House of Cards. Motherfucker. DC nonsense, stupid motherfuckers. This is stupid. So this is the who pandemic think, we're living in. Who do you think won between Arrested Development and House of Cards? This is the final matchup. I uh, between the two greatest TV shows of all time, one of which had a good season with two. several seasons that just followed off terrible. Yeah. The other of which had three. Truly brilliant seasons, and then some terrible two ton- stunningly terrible ones. Um, I hope Arrested Development. Arrested Development one. Okay. This is so stupid. It's infuriating. Yeah. All right. Now, for the last piece of this, um, because um, this is all ranked, mm-hmm. people got different points. Mm-hmm. So I think you got a point if you kind of advanced on. And the top winners got 53 out of 64 correct. There's, there's two people who got that. Um, John Jacobson yeah. and Jacob Johnson. Shingle Meyer <laughs> Smith. My team was named Shangela Was Robbed. <laughs> That's great. Did you come up with that? Yeah. All right. And I got the lowest score. I got 16 points. I lost badly. Let me see these demographics of these people. Right. I don't have any way of um, Give me the calculating that. The <laughs> the next lowest person has 10 more points than me. Damn, you suck. I, I did really poorly God. early on. And you love I'll, Stranger Things so much. No, I do not. <laughs> he loves House of Cards. Look, I just, I'm, I, it's the kind of thing where it doesn't matter, yeah. obviously. Of course. But, but, but I want to write a letter. I, to whom? I, I, to the people who created this and just to talk to them about how ter- objectively you, terrible this was. Only BuzzFeed could get out your story, honestly. You Do you to, think they'd produce it? <laughs> as long as you sponsored it, so, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> so earlier this week, uh, it helped sort of stave off my cabin fever. Uh, 
I was on a team with, uh, you know, Songbird, the uh, the record store slash like music venue on 18th Street in Adams Morgan. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they do a That's they're great. doing like a now an uh, online like, you know, music trivia. And the it was a lot of fun, but the host has no and pardon, you know, pardon me saying this. The host has no presence whatsoever on camera he was just super awkward oh no and his girlfriend or wife was like helping him and he was like so mean to her and i was like fuck dude jesus yeah like he was yelling at her for like not getting the points right and all this kind of stuff i'm like god calm down it's trivia oh, not a big awful. deal but had a good it's time doing the trivia yeah. are, are there online trivia like what did they use uh basically uh through facebook live so like you just registered on facebook and then like um, you had one person be the like uh, the the captain. So it was um, Adam, who I'm dating, uh, is the one who um, uh, was our our team captain, and so we would just sort of feed him answers through a text. Breaking news! Is that breaking news? Yes. Is is it official? We're dating. Well, fucking okay, whatever. Anyway, so we're gonna need a whole month of quarantine to work this all out. Yeah. What do you want me to tell you? All right. <laughs> yes, is the answer. <laughs> We're boyfriends. All right. We'll this is just this quarantine online. is getting to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Blame it on the quarantine. So I'm terrible at uh, March Madness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, TV true. brackets. Well, in now general. it's April, so that's great. Yeah. Well, my company is thinking about doing other TV, other brackets. Oh, can I just say the best thing about coronavirus is the fact that April Fools was essentially canceled. Great. Like. It took a fucking pandemic to to cancel April Fool's. I was dreading all the fake, like, people like, I got COVID, I got COVID. And you're like, this is not a joke. You can't. This is not a joke. Donald Trump won't be running for re-election. I did have a friend friend of mine in Austin who is very progressive, and she was like, the president's doing a really great job on this, isn't he? And I was like, bitch, I thought April Fool's were canceled. Stop this. Yeah, stop it. We, We never needed it. Yeah. We, we the, uh, another thing COVID has shown we can do without. Yeah, yeah. Also, my boyfriend's birthday. Thank God that's canceled. Too. Oh, <laughs> blessings oh. of the phoenix. I'm so sad for him. We have so many of our friends have birthdays this month. I too. know. Yeah, and next month as well. They're all Aries yeah. and psychopaths. More, more, yeah, more yeah. in April. Yeah, <laughs> more in April. Uh, well, we've been home with Superior. Yeah, um, we'll be back soon. Yes, we're we're not we we're you. not gone. We will miss our own birthday. Uh, probably. Who we knows? W- well, yeah, maybe, maybe. But we'll we'll be back. We'll be back. And I hate we'll look, to see us go. We'll look for I some. Love to- <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have more content coming in, as Brent said, on Instagram and on Twitter. So you know, if you aren't following us on Twitter, it's just Homo Superior X. If it's uh, follow us on Instagram, it's Homo Superior X. Listen to a lot of. We have a lot of back content too. Like if you ha- if you're a new listener. Uh, check us out on Spotify, on SoundCloud, on iTunes. There's a bunch of stuff that we're going to be out there, and we're going to just continue sort of pushing it out there on Twitter. Yeah, check well. out the Thor Ragnarok trailer <laughs> or the Black Panther, Panther trailer, trailer reviews. <laughs> or the Miracle Man yeah. issue that I referenced earlier. <laughs> yeah. One of our proudest moments. All right, so stay safe, guys. Stay healthy. Yeah. Don't cough on each other. Uh, <laughs> Play Animal Crossing and watch Tiger King. Yeah. Uh, goodbye and good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Bye.